Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey, comrades, Bill Kasky, back at the podcast. Welcome back. Before we get into today's topic, which I will call the dilemmas. Never know how to spell dilemma. Two L's, one M, one L, two M's, two L's, two M's, no L's, no M's. I know there's an L and an M in there somewhere. Anyway, uh, this Friday, and if you're listening to this after October 30th, so pay no attention, uh, you can fast forward 30 seconds, we're doing a special program, a live training at noon till 2 Eastern called Mastering Lead Generation. If you're in sales, B2B sales, VP of sales, you want to bring your team, it's $97 a person. Yes, there is a tuition to it. I'm giving you uh, one year of access to the program, to the recording, and also there are some tools and there's a handout, a 25-page handout that I think will come in handy for you and your team. So go to BillKasky.com, very top uh, orange slash green slash yellow strip. We'll say learn more. You can go there in the page will be there that has all the information on it. That's Friday, October 30th, 12 noon. In my role as a coach and trainer and mentor, advisor, whatever whatever the word of the day is for me, uh, the bottom line is I speak to a lot of people. And those people primarily are in business-to-business selling or CEOs, founders of companies, And it seems to me like there are some dilemmas brewing right now. Dilemmas, in other words, choices. Do I go down this path? Do I go down that path? Do I go? Do I leave? Do I stay home? Do I go out? Uh, And I'm not talking about physically going out. But the idea is that we all have these questions. And these questions are choices that we have to make. And these choices create dilemmas. What is the best path to take? And I believe that we all have these inside our psyche and they may not come out. So my job today is to bring them forth. You might disagree with some of these. You may not even be thinking about this. It may be so far off or it might be so far down that you haven't let yourself think of it. So I've got some dilemmas here that I think sales professionals and business people generally. I'm not, I, don't, I know I speak to salespeople and, and business owners, and it's not just these people that have these dilemmas, but that's my audience, so that's how I'm uh, kind of approaching this. I'm going to go down a list of seven or eight dilemmas that I think we all face, and then I'm going to sum it up with a primary dilemma, kind of a, you know, stacking all these into one. Uh, I think the first dilemma we face is this life versus death one. Uh, what is life? How long will I live? How do I make sure I accomplish what I want to accomplish here? Is what I'm doing now worth investing all my days, weeks, months, and years doing? 
In other words, am I fulfilling my life's mission by doing what I do? Yes, I know that you are earning income, and that income is getting distributed among your constituents, family, uh, you know, charities, etc., yourself. But I'm talking here about the work, the work you do, the 10, 8 to 10 hours a day you spend, you're uh, trading in a full day of your life that you will never get back. Is the work worth that trade? So I think that's one dilemma that we're all, uh, probably it's, it's not something we obsess about, it's, but it is something that I think as we fall asleep at night or sit on the side of our bed and do our evening, whatever we do, mindfulness, prayers, meditation, I think that pops in. I think we think about that. And I don't think it's a bad thing, by the way. But uh, the res- resolution of these dilemmas are not easy. I'm bringing them up because I think it's worth thinking about. Number two is money versus meaning. And that kind of goes with this life versus death thing. It's the money versus meaning. It's, well, I'm earning money, but is the work meaningful for me? So this is a little bit more transactional versus the life versus death existential. This is more every day, do I love what I do? Is there meaning in it? Yeah, there's money. Uh, I, I talked to a person the other day who was getting ready to leave their position and take another job, and one of the, you know, one of the limitations of the job is a lot of cold calling, and the company has no lead generation devices or sequences, and it's it's shocking that a company that you probably would have heard of would not have these. They rely on salespeople making cold calls, and that's what this person would be doing. In this case, she would be doing. And she said, the money is great, but there's no way I can sit around making 100 cold calls a day. I'm just not going to do it. At my age, where I am in the business, and I said, well, don't take it. You, because it, if you take that job, and it's all about the money, and you hate the, what you have to go through to do it. And this lady's not a wimp either. This lady is, uh, probably has done her share of cold calling. I just don't want to do it now. You have to ask yourself the question, is it, is it a money-meaning trade-off? Number three, there's the dilemma about what role do I play when I go out to sell? If I'm in a position of sales or account management, business development, what role do I play? I think that's a dilemma for people. And when you're not clear about that, you don't have confidence in that role. When you are crystal clear, let's say you're going in to do a presentation and you've got two or three people from your company with you. And before the presentation, you spend three and a half minutes saying, okay, I'll do this, and then you do that, and then I'll do this, and then you do that, and you're, okay, okay, good, and we go do it. That's not nearly enough time preparing. I was listening to Matthew McConaughey, who's on basically every podcast and every channel recently because he's promoting his new book. I think it's called Green Lights or Green Light. And I like uh, McConaughey. I think he's got uh, that, that inside something that we can all learn from. But he talked about, he says, people think when I show up on the set that I'm winging it, happy-go-lucky, I'm just, you know, what do I need to do? Point me in the right direction. He said, that couldn't be further from the truth. The reason I'm like that in a high-pressure game is preparation. I've prepared. I know exactly what my day looks like. I have uh, forewarned myself about problems that could come up. I've uh, taking care of any kind of loose ends in my life. He says, when I show up on a set or for work in any way, I am just who I am because I've done the work. And I think it's the same thing with presentations is if you haven't practiced and prepared, then it becomes hard for you to show up authentically. And it's hard to play the role of the guide 
if you are not clear about what that role is. It's the same thing with presentations. On the other hand, if you go back and say, okay, we got this presentation in a week, let's set up five practice times. We'll take an hour. We'll just, we'll practice the transitions. We'll practice what we're saying. We'll practice questioning each other. Man, you get in that room, you can just be yourself because everything's mapped out in your mind. There's a blueprint or roadmap. So it's clear. It's important to get clear about your role. I personally think there's only one choice to this, and that is to be the guide. I think if you wake up in the morning, you go out to the market, and you think of yourself as a guide along the prospect's journey from where they currently are with, with uh, dissatisfaction, with pain, with issues, to a place where they have uh, uh, you know, kind of things handled, ideal life, problems have gone away because you've helped them. I think if you're the guide along that journey, that's a huge thing. That be, you become very clear about that then. And I think you have a lot of power as the guide. And I think you diminish it if you see yourself as a salesperson. It might say sales on your card, but it says guide in your heart. (laughs) Number four, the dilemma between listening to my manager and listening to my gut instinct, my intuition. There are many times, especially as you grow in the position that you're in and you mature and you're, you've seen a lot, you've done a lot, you've experienced a lot, that a manager will come along and tell you to do something that is incongruent with how you were going to do it, maybe even incongruent with your values. And so you have a dilemma. Do I follow the person who kind of is, it's a little bit of a little bit of enslavement there. I mean, not in a not in a weird way, but just, you know, they do hold your future in their hands. They can, with one slice of a pen, cut you loose, or they can give you a raise and increase your commission, or they can, they can uh, herald you to the people around you, to the boss, to the main seat. So they do hold power in your life. But you have to decide, where is the choice that I make there? If they say to do one thing, and you know in your heart that that's not the right thing, how do you handle it? Do you just do it? I don't think you should just do it. I think we have to listen to our instincts. Now, how we position that to our manager, we might not just say, no, boss, I ain't going to do that. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to say, look, I've thought about this. I know why you want me to do it this way. I understand totally. Here's my dilemma. And I think I would use the word dilemma. Dilemma implies that you are seeking, you're seeking knowledge to make the right choice. And everybody wants you to make the right choice because the right choice that you make is probably going to translate to money or revenue or the right choice for the manager of the company. So I think I would use the word dilemma there as I'm talking to my manager, especially when I disagree. But that's a, it's an ongoing issue. Number five, inbound versus outbound. That's a big dilemma today is how much of my prospecting should be me reaching out to people and how much energy and time should I devote to inbound marketing? I'm sorry, inbound lead generation. In fact, we're going to be talking about that very thing at the, uh, at the Mastering Lead Generation Program. So if you haven't signed up for that, get in that. It's uh, BillCaskey.com just to throw in a shameless promotion there. But I think that's a dilemma for people. And I think a lot of companies are still in the know. We're an outbound organization. We make, we make cold calls. We make sales calls. That's what we do. And that's okay for part of the, if you think about it, the pillars, 
if you think about it, we've talked about before, you need five to 10 lead generation sources. That's okay for a few. I think outbound is important. I think you have to do outbound, in fact. Sometimes people hear me and they say, you're saying stop all cold calls? No, I'm not saying that at all. I don't like them. I think there's better ways to do it. But if you love them and they work, have at it, brother. Keep doing them. But I think there's also got to be some inbound. So that's a dilemma that we face. How much of my work is inbound? How much time should I devote to creating systems that uh, make the phone ring? Number six, convincing versus attracting. This is a dilemma. This is a choice we have to make is am I a convincer or am I an attractor? I suspect that after this uh, podcast episode, I'll probably have, I don't know, a dozen or so people who who come to my program on Friday at 12 o'clock, Mastering Lead Generation. Probably have, you know, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen, I don't know. But I don't ever want it to feel like I'm selling you on it. In fact, I don't even know if you should do it until you go to the web page and see what it is. I don't want to spend a lot of time today talking about it, but if you're interested, that's where I would tell you to go. That way, you're either attracted or repelled to my offer. I'm not trying to convince you it's the greatest thing ever. You'll be a fool to miss it because I don't believe that. I think it's right for certain people and wrong for other people. So I think you've got to make a decision. Am I a convincer or am I an attractor? And I think I think you can be both. I like attraction. I think if you position yourself properly, and by the way, we're, uh, I want to share with you some of the results of the survey that we did here in a minute. I think if you create the right positioning up front, you attract business. You don't have to convince people. I don't think convincing works. I think it forces people away. So I think that's a good, it's a good alternative to be an attractor, not a convincer. Number seven, marketing versus selling. The idea there, how much time should I put into marketing? Marketing could be creating content for LinkedIn, creating videos, uh, could be speaking, doing webinars, doing live events from LinkedIn. Uh, and selling is just Face-to-face, one-on-one, mano-a-mano. Or is it mano-en, mano, mano-a-mano. Anyway, man-to-man, woman-to-woman. Eight, self-image and self-worth versus skills. The dilemma is, well, how much time should I spend working on skills, like sales skills? And do they matter as much as working on self-worth? What am I worth? What am I worth to my clients, to my family, to myself, to the market, to my audience? And I think self-worth gets takes a back seat sometimes and it shouldn't. And the way I know this is that I had a guy tell me a story once. He said, you take someone who's a million dollar a year producer. They they earn a million dollars a year. Let's say they're a top not salesperson, whatever, a million dollars. You take all their money away, maybe except for five grand, and you take them out of the city they're in Put them in a brand new city where they know no one. And he said, I guarantee you within a year, they'll be back to doing a million dollars. And he's right. Take, take the person out of the region, but you never take the heart out of the person. It's the self-worth part. And so I think we need to spend a whole lot more time on self-image and self-worth. I think we could spend a whole lot fewer hours on skills and a whole lot more on that. Number nine, conscious versus subconscious. You know, how much does our subconscious really run our lives? The uh, prevailing statistic is that 
80 to 90% of our behavior is subconscious. It just automatic happens. We don't even think about it. I would say that's probably true. I don't, I don't have any data to refute it, but I don't have any data to support it. But some pretty smart people have said, yeah, subconscious runs our lives. So the question then is, well, how do we alter that program? Should we be spending more time in our subconscious and less time in our conscious? And I think we should, but that's a dilemma. It's a choice. You're going to have to say, okay, where, where do I want to invest my growth? And number 10, how we use time, the dilemma of time. I'm going to do this thing. This thing is going to take me two hours to do. I estimate that the time, the, the money value of those two hours is $100. But the fact is you could also be doing something else with those two hours where the money value of time is $2,000. And you have to factor in enjoyment. I kind of enjoy cutting the grass. I could probably hire somebody with what I earn in coaching and training people. My per hour fee probably doesn't warrant me cutting the grass, but I enjoy doing it. So I think you have to, you have to factor in joy. But at some point, you also have to look at the hours of the day. And I'm not talking about cutting grass here, although I just did. Between 8 and 5-ish, get on that old. I know it's not your work world. Maybe it's 8 and 8. You have to decide... What is my time worth? And that's a dilemma. And sometimes you're pulled in and asked to do things that are not worth your time, and you don't have the confidence and courage and clarity to say, thanks, but no thanks. Not interesting to me. Okay, so those are the dilemmas. The primary dilemma, I think, in, in summary, is this idea of how do I organize myself, my thinking, my skills, my attitudes, my actions? How do I organize myself as a whole to, A, maximize my impact in the world? I want you to have impact. You want to have impact. You want people to say when they walk past you on the street, that's the lady right there. She's awesome. She helped me with my life. She improved my segment of my, the life that I run, she is really something. So you want to, or you want to maximize the impact of you in, in your world. You also want to maximize the impact of your results. There's nothing wrong with impacting the world and having that find its way back to your wallet, your bank account. In other words, how should I best comport myself so that I can bring my God-given talent and capability to the world and at the same time create my own ideal life. So it's both a looking out, how am I impacting people, and looking in, how am I fulfilling myself? I think that's the primary dilemma that we all face. And I don't think this is a pandemic dilemma. I think this is something we face for a long time. I wanted to bring it up, might do a little bit more on this in subsequent episodes, but I wanted to see what you thought. You can uh, email me at bkasky at kaskytraining.com. Let me know. Go to billkasky.com if you do want to register and enroll for our two-hour program on Friday. See you.